WRFI Community Radio News is made possible by listeners like you. Help us tell important stories about your community. Head to wrfi.org slash donate. Kenny Ritter Studios in the historic Clinton House in downtown Ithaca, New York. This is WRFI Community Radio News for Monday, October 26th, 2020. I'm Michaela Savitt. And I'm Maureen Gilroy. After the headline news, you'll hear a conversation with WRFI General Manager Felix Teitelbaum and WRFI's first ever Assistant General Manager, Peter Timpelli. They'll delve into the latest station updates and detail what's in store for the station in the near future. But first, here's the weather forecast, courtesy of the National Weather Service. Rain showers continue into tonight with patchy fog overnight. Lows will be in the lower 40. Tomorrow, Tuesday, mostly cloudy with a chance of afternoon rain. Possible rains with lows dropping into the upper 30s. Looking to Wednesday, partly sunny with highs in the upper 50s. And now, here's tonight's news for Ithaca and Watkins Glen. In local news, first we have a special report for you. Over the weekend, two highly anticipated rallies converged in downtown Ithaca on the Commons. News contributor Fred Balfour and news intern Christian Matry have the story. Saturday, hundreds turned out to the Bernie Milton Pavilion on the Ithaca Commons for an anti-racist festival against hate. The event was held in response to a back-the-blue right-wing gathering planned for the same afternoon. The counter-protest was first planned to begin at 2 p.m., the same time as the back-the-blue rally. Organizers with the festival moved their meeting time to noon on Saturday in an attempt to head off the pro-law enforcement gathering. WRFI news intern Christian Matry was on the scene and has more details. Some 15 or so individuals were a part of the Back the Blue rally. Around 200 counter-protesters were also in attendance. Others were there to observe and learn more about each side's reasoning for protesting. I interviewed people from both sides as well as those who didn't identify with any particular group. I asked all of them why they were there. I'm here to fight our corrupt system that we have and the racism that's uh, in our community. I then interviewed a member of the Back the Blue protest. My son is a police officer in Baltimore, and it's all about him. Okay. It's all about him. He has brothers and sisters. They're, they're all colors. Another attendee came to the protests to learn more about what each side had to say. Today because I was kind of just curious to hear. I'm, I live in a sort of a very liberal uh, enclave. So I was like, you know what? It's time for me to hear both sides of the story. So I came here and tried talking to people. It was super interesting. A lot of people are very closed off and they really won't want to talk to you. Although tensions did rise, the protest remained peaceful. For WRFI News, I'm Christian Matry. Notably, 
Ithaca Police Chief Dennis Nair, City of Ithaca Mayor Savanti Myrick, and other local officials expressed concern over last Friday's behavior by local protesters. They released statements on Friday asking the public not to attend Saturday's events in an effort to prevent further violence. At the event's end, Tompkins County Sheriff Derek Osborne said he was pleased with how the day went, adding that he observed people on both sides speaking with one another. Back to blue protesters left by 6 p.m. At that point, the anti-racist Festival Against Hate attendees stopped chanting and began dancing in celebration. Fred Balfour and Christian Maitre with their report about the weekend rallies in downtown Ithaca. Special thanks to Anna Lamb with the Ithaca Voice, who's also a WRFI contributor, and Peter Champelli, WRFI news contributor and assistant WRFI general manager for helping to produce this story. Vandals recently sprayed anti-Semitic language across the message of a local chiropractor's end white silence sign that hangs outside her Court Street office in Ithaca. The Ithaca Voice reports that someone vandalized Patty Jacobson's business either late Monday or early Tuesday of last week. Jacobson is a proud Jewish woman and is active in her faith community. She told The Voice that she hung the sign because it's a call to action that speaks to her own sensibilities, and she is also looking to create a more inclusive community. Jacobson is also the owner of the West Court Street building. She had the original artist come by her office last Wednesday to repair the damage. Jacobson says that no matter how many times the sign is painted over, it is there to stay. She speculates that the defacement of her sign may have been prompted by recent rising tensions between racial justice protesters and right-wing activists. Both groups have engaged in graffiti in recent weeks, including the tagging of the IPD headquarters, which resulted in two protester arrests. In addition, the Black Lives Matter mural in downtown Ithaca was vandalized, of which no arrests have been made. The Ithaca Police Department said they are investigating the vandalism. Chief Dennis Naylor said it is not part of a larger trend. He added that it's something law enforcement is remaining vigilant of. The Ithaca Planning and Economic Development Committee, or PEDC, are considering a resolution that would allow leashed dogs on the Ithaca Commons. PEDC Chair Seth Murtaugh was initially against a proposal that would allow dogs on the Commons. But according to the Ithaca Times, Murtaugh says his opinion on the matter changed when he got a dog of his own. City alderperson Laura Lewis agrees with Murtaugh. She says it will be hard to keep dogs away from the commons with so many dog-friendly apartments nearby. Lewis also notes that a rule about keeping dogs on a leash will take pressure off of Ithaca police officers from having to enforce rules about dogs on the commons. The resolution will not be voted upon until next month's Common Council meeting. After that, it will then have to be passed by the Common Council. Looking at the local COVID-19 caseload, the latest numbers from the Tompkins County Health Department indicate that over the weekend, there were 20 additional positive cases reported. 21 patients have recovered, and two more have been hospitalized with complications from the virus. According to the County Health Department, as of last night, 87 active cases of COVID-19 in Tompkins. In Schuyler County, there are 10 new cases of COVID-19 reported as of today, according to their health department. 21 active cases remain. A reminder to anyone who would like to vote by absentee ballot for the general elections must submit an application by email, fax, 
or U.S. mail by tomorrow, October 27th. If you would like to request an absentee ballot, you may fill out an absentee ballot application and check temporary illness or physical disability as the reason to request the absentee ballot. Board of Elections officials Board of Election officials are also urging voters to apply for absentee ballots as early as possible. If you've yet to request one, officials recommend voting early. Early voting in New York State for the general election takes place now through November 1st. To find your polling place and hours of operation, or to download a PDF version of the New York State absentee ballot application form, visit our 2020 Elections Watch page at wrfi.org slash 2020 elections. Again, wrfi.org slash 2020 elections. Polling places around New York State saw a mass amount of voters over the weekend. It marked the first two days of early voting. In some places, like New York City, people waited hours to cast their ballot. And according to the Times Union, as of a month ago, the number of absentee ballots requested for the general election has doubled the 2016 figure. Youth voter turnout has been high in early voting, and presidential candidates court swing state voters in the last days until November 3rd. More from our friends over at Pacifica Network and the Public News Service. Welcome to 2020 Talks, where we track the 2020 elections in uncharted territory. Young people make up about 40% of eligible voters. And if just half of us turned up to the polls, we could change the entire trajectory of our democracy, putting us on a more progressive path for years to come. More than 3 million voters ages 18 to 29 have already cast their ballots early in person or by mail, including more than 2 million in key battleground states. To keep up momentum, comedian and college student Karin Menon co-hosted an online rally this weekend called Vote With Us. So it's super inspiring to see people my age going out there and and making an actual difference. Nearly 60 million Americans have already voted. California and New York, the two largest Democratic states, began early voting this weekend. Long lines, but great enthusiasm, according to Gloria Pasmino with New York One, a local NYC TV station. It's a place that usually leans heavily Democratic, but this is also the home of President Donald Trump. And people have very strong opinions about him and the job that he has done, particularly on the pandemic. It's the first time New Yorkers can vote early in a presidential election. Pasmino says the city's in a better place than the June primary when 20 percent of mail-in ballots citywide were rejected. Some people received the wrong ballot or never received one at all. And I think it did certainly create a feeling of nervousness and created a lack of confidence among the electorate. Pasmino says New York City's Board of Elections is not known for its efficiency, but the larger venues being used as polling places are making a difference. Landmarks like Madison Square Garden, the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Museum, and the Lincoln Center. With eight days to go, presidential candidates are courting swing state voters. Former Vice President Joe Biden was in Pennsylvania, and President Donald Trump zigzagged across six states, including Florida, where he cast his vote early in person in West Palm Beach. But it's an honor to be voting. It's an honor to be in this great area, which I know so well. In Florida and at least five other key swing states, Democrats have turned out more early voters than Republicans, with more Republicans expected to come out on Election Day. Registered Democrats outnumber Republicans, though that gap has been reduced since 2016. A high number of Democratic votes cast so far are from first-time or low-frequency voters, which doesn't bode well for Republican candidates. Former President Barack Obama tried to convince even more to turn out, stumping for Biden in Miami. 
We've never come close to seeing what it would be like if everybody actually voted. Vice President Mike Pence kept a full schedule, even though some of his top aides have tested positive for the coronavirus, including his chief of staff, Mark Short. Senator Kamala Harris, Biden's running mate, also rallied voters before heading back to Washington, D.C. for today's full Senate vote on Trump Supreme Court nominee Judge Amy Coney Barrett. From Pacifica Network and Public News Service, I'm Lily Bulky. Thanks for listening at pacificanetwork.org and publicnewsservice.org. And that concludes our headline news for tonight. Coming up, we're joined by WRFI's general manager and assistant general manager to speak about the latest updates about this very station. That's after the break right here on WRFI Community Radio News. Stay with us. Since we put a radio out in the hen house, there's more cockadoodle in the rooster's crow. Hens all sing like blue canaries, velvet grass with cackle berries and their twice as farmer browns unknown. Now the hen moves on the market basket, sawing and moan, and the crank has fallen off the telephone. When those eggs begin to happen, every chicken comes out scratching. Halls Creek with their song, Since We Put a Radio in the Hen House, right here on WRFI Community Radio News. I'm Michaela Savitt. And now I have the pleasure of being joined live by WRFI General Manager Felix Teitelbaum. Felix, welcome back to WRFI News. Uh, thanks. It's so great to be here. Am I sounding okay? You sound great. All yeah. Right. And uh, we're also super excited to formally introduce WRFI's first ever assistant general manager, Peter Champelli, whose voice you may recognize as he's also a contributor to our news team. Welcome back, Peter. Hi, thank you so much for having me. No problem. And uh, so why don't we just get into it? It's super exciting that the three of us are sharing the airwaves as there have been so many uh, amazing things going on here at WRFI, even amid uh, these very tumultuous times. We've been growing and making amazing changes uh, to our station, and that's why we're here today. We're going to talk about the latest station updates and tell you, our listeners, what's in store for WRFI in the future. So, um, Felix, let's start off uh, with you. What is new? What is What do you want to tell folks first? Well, uh, first I want to extend a, uh, a hearty thank you to all the listeners who called in with their support during our fun drive. Of course, this is how we keep the doors open um, and the lights on at the radio station and keep building on our uh, past successes and uh, towards a sustainable station throughout, uh, well, the years to come. So first of all, uh, we just wrapped that up yesterday. Um, it, was a, it was a successful fund drive. We're not really quite where we were uh, last year. Um, and and uh, we're still sort of finding uh, donations trickling in and, and we imagine we will still. Um, so I'll just make it as one final plug. Uh, if you were considering donating, it's certainly a good time to do so. Like I said, our expenses, uh, well, I didn't get into this, but the expenses actually are going up, especially since COVID. 
Um, and uh, at this point, our, our fund drive was a little less successful. Um, so if you can call in with your support or go to WRFI.org, that's much appreciated. Um, we understand that these are hard times. Folks are losing their jobs and folks are, you know, struggling in lots of ways with uh, more precarious uh situations. And uh, that may well have uh, impacted our, our the bottom line on this fund drive. Um, but there are other folks out there uh, for whom um, helping us make up this difference might not be as big a deal. Uh, we are about, oh, I don't know, about $6,000 behind where we were last year. Um, but uh, I have high hopes that we were, we were going to more than make up for that uh, difference. So that's on the financial side. That's yeah. the fun drive. Um, the other thing, of course, is that um, we have uh, recently, uh, well, for the fun drive, we brought live people back in and at the same time uh, rolled out for the first time our new Studio B. Uh, longtime listeners will, will know that for many years now we've been working on, on building up our studios and we finally – um, got our hands on money that came from a grant that was originally granted to the organization 14 years ago. Uh, when I found out about that about four years ago, I started working on getting that money uh, and applying it to improvements here at the station. It's a community capital assistance project grant. The program doesn't even exist anymore, but it's New York State money to help with capital projects. And Basically, what we're doing is we're replacing this hand-me-down gear that Michaela is sitting in front of still. Uh, we're sort of in a hybrid mode between our old stuff and our new stuff right now. The gear there uh, was at a college radio station for many years. I see the lights flickering right now in one of the pots, <laughs> in one of the buttons. <laughs> it's still like sort of on and off, and it's required more and more maintenance and babying as time has gone gone by. But we have um, we're we've replaced uh, well we haven't replaced it yet, but we've added a new console in Studio B, and and Studio A console is going to be going away. And of course, that is paid for by a state grant, but it's really only for the purchase of new equipment. All of the work that has gone into getting that money, to putting the um, uh, the, the studio together. In fact, I built this rolling desk that, we're, that I'm sitting behind right now. Um, and soon we'll be building furniture for Studio A and getting that new equipment. All of that work that goes into that is um, volunteer, uh, sorry, uh, listener dollars that help support that kind of work. And we're hoping that the studios will be here for decades to come uh, without requiring that kind of uh, continual maintenance as that old board does. So, yeah, it's super exciting that we're getting all this new equipment. And, you know, we used to only have one studio. So now being able to have two studios will only bring more amazing programs and uh, news segments like folks listen to on our show to the airwaves, which is just so exciting for WRFI's future. And you were talking about the rising expenses um, with COVID. And I think a lot of stations are, you know, having to increase folks' hours as they're making up for volunteers. Um Right. Just not being able to come in. And so, you know, we have um, I'm just so thrilled that we have an assistant general manager now that can help our whole station. So would love to introduce Peter. And uh, so he can formally introduce himself to the listeners. So, hey, Peter, you still with us? Yep. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, so, um, yeah. Can you just tell our listeners who you are and what you're looking forward to doing here at RFI. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very excited to be um, on the WRFI team. 
really, really, uh, I mean, the, the whole process of um, getting involved has been a great mix of a lot of fun and a lot of craziness because our fun drive happened really soon after I started here. And um, yeah, I mean, my background is in um, some multimedia journalism. And then uh, in terms of management, I uh, worked at WICB uh, before coming to WRFI. Um, so I, yeah, I love radio and I really love independent media. So WRFI was just a dream place to work and I've had a lot of fun. And um, yeah, in terms of my, you know, sort of, I guess, goals personally for the station, uh, I really think, um, you know, pairing really good online content uh, with on-air content is really important. And so one of my goals was to bring podcasting to uh, something that WRFI offers to its listeners. And um, we have done that. I, I mean, you worked super hard, Michaela, to make that a possibility. And so listeners can tune into WRFI Community Radio News on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere they get their podcasts uh, if they miss the live broadcast. So that was something I was really proud of that uh, got that got completed. Yeah, and we've actually, and thank you so much for that, Peter. It's so exciting bringing WRFI to that next stage of a digital presence. And we have been getting such an amazing response uh, to folks being able to hear our whole show. Um, so for anyone that uh, wants to subscribe to our show and you can put it in your pocket and listen to the show soon after we're done airing and you can hear all of our news updates, the latest COVID news and happenings from uh, over the weekend, such as the rallies that we covered. You can do that. And it's just so easy. And so, yeah, thank you, Peter. And thanks to Felix uh, for both of you getting that off the ground. So, um, Felix, did you have anything to add to Peter's? Yeah. Uh, well, I just, it's, it's a little funny, but I want to congratulate Peter's, Peter on a, a previous um, accomplishment. Uh, just the other day, WICB won an award for um, their work as a college radio station, and that was under uh, Peter's uh, management there at the station. So while uh, we're most excited about what he'll be able to do here at WRFI, we do. I, I have. To, I can't let that pass by without acknowledging Peter's success there. Um, what was the award, Peter? Can you tell us just a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much um, for. Uh, the kind words. Um, yeah, so WICB uh, is a college radio station. It's up on South Hill uh, at Ithaca College, which I attended for four years. Um, and uh, just this past Friday, I believe, uh, it won the four-year College Radio Station of the Year Award. Um, so basically, first place award uh, for college radio in the country, um, which was really great news to hear. And I think it's the first time WICB has won that award. Um, and I mean, I... Uh, I'm very proud mostly of just the team that I got to work with up there. Uh, It was just a wide-ranging team of uh, students of all different majors, all different, um, you know, class, uh, you know, freshmen, sophomore, seniors, all all the above. Um, Really just a a dynamic group of people that got to put together really innovative content, uh, much like what we have here at WRFI. I mean, the, the thing that's so great about WRFI is, how there's so many different types of voices that contribute to what makes our radio station so unique and so fun to listen to. So, yeah, again, I just feel very lucky to be kind of in the same sort of environment. And it was great to hear that news that, you know, the work that we did at uh, WICB uh, was, you know, well received and, uh, and was recognized for that. 
Yeah, and congrats again. And uh, for any listeners who are just joining us, we're in conversation tonight with WRFI's first ever assistant general manager, Peter Champelli, who you were just hearing, and also with WRFI general manager, Felix Teitelbaum. So Felix, uh, passing it back to you, what are some other things that listeners can expect to come out of WRFI in, uh, in the long term? Well, um, you know, having Peter on board uh, is very exciting because in a lot of ways, there's just been way more than I've been able to handle uh, on the day-to-day. So I'm really looking forward to following through uh, with a lot more communications to mem- uh, to listeners um, and building up our programming. Of course, COVID is still going to be putting a damper on bringing new folks in. We're, we did just roll out a new program, our first since well before um, uh, COVID hit. Um, mm-hmm. We have free samples as now... Uh, Saturdays from uh, 10 to, uh, sorry, uh, from 8 until 10. Um, and that's a mix of hip hop and uh, the sources, the roots of hip hop. And uh, some props go to Peter too for connecting that. A uh, host, uh, DeWalt, uh, you can tune in uh, for that great uh, show tracing the roots of hip hop uh, leading up to our other hip hop show from Chuck D uh, and you don't stop on Saturday nights. Uh, in any case, uh, so in addition to bringing more programming on as COVID allows um, and the other station improvements uh, I talked about one really exciting um, uh, opportunity that is on the horizon now is um, many, many people might be aware that WRFI, it's a little harder to get once you get out into the hills. You know, you can get us in Ithaca, you can get us in Brooklyndale, you can get us out to Cortland, you can get it, but you know, you're not going to get us in Enfield, you're not going to get us in most parts of Newfield. Um, we're in Watkins Glen, of course, but we're not really a lot of the places in between. The exciting news is that we uh, we received a, a, a permit from the FCC late last year to um, move one of our facilities and greatly expand our listening area. So this is a very exciting opportunity that is a slow moving. It's still the, the, the permit itself was a, was a huge milestone. The building of the new facility and funding that and getting that done while doing all of the other things that we do, that's the next challenge. We have, um, well, just about two and a half years to get that done. Um, So that's very exciting, especially for commuters and folks living in the rural communities. We do hear regularly from people that live in areas where that you know they don't have internet, but they can hear us online uh, or on on FM radio, and that's so important to reach folks uh, that are on the other uh, you know outside of the digital uh, divide. You know, getting things on podcast is super important, and so many people are online, and yet radio is so important for reaching folks who are not on radio. We give it away all day, every day. It's free media. That's what I like to think of FM standing for. And uh, of course, it's not free to produce, but that is an exciting opportunity to get to more rural areas. Um, and that's uh, besides building out the studios and and uh, building up our programming. And uh, that those are the things I'm excited about. There's so much, so much to be excited about, especially with our news program right here. We are developing this giant investigative series um, that tackles local efforts to reform public safety. And we are working with this amazing group of um, 10 students from Ithaca College, the Ithaca College Park Scholars, who have brought us so many other series before. And we're just so pleased to work with the fine folks of Ithaca Voice and WRFI's management team as well, and so many wonderful volunteers at WRFI. It's just, it's taking a village to make this amazing, important series, and 
We are so excited to continue bringing these community stories. Uh, and Felix and Peter, thank you both so much for your support um, through um, both the pandemic and now our fundraiser. And again, if folks want to pitch in, if you missed the fun drive, uh, wrfi.org slash donate is the place uh, you can chip in. We know it's a really hard time. Even if you just give $5, it is a huge contribution to us so Five, thank you 50 500 <laughs> 5, you know the range we accept the whole range so, and you can also call 607-319-5445 to make that connection i do want to make one more uh final remark about uh think new things here and that of course has been our uh our town hall forum and call-in shows mm-hmm. call-in shows are something that we've been working towards for for years having the capability to have multiple phone calls on the air at once and we finally got in there um and Please look forward to more of those. We're, we've been doing those regularly with regard to COVID and uh, anti-racist activity in Ithaca and other issues in Ithaca. So look forward to having a, an easy way just to dial in and have your voice heard on these airwaves uh, with more of those town hall meetings. Well, Felix Teitelbaum and Peter Champelli, our two uh, fearless station manager team, uh, our fearless station manager team. Thank you both so much for coming on the air. And thank you so much for the service you both provide to this community. My pleasure. And that will do it for our program today. Our show produced by WRFI news contributor Anna Lamb, Peter Champelli, Fred Balfour, and news intern Christian Maitre. Maureen Gilroy was my co-anchor today. And I'm Michaela Savitt, WRFI news director. Have a good evening. One, two, three. W R F I.